Welcome back to the Jaws Obsession, where we are definitely here to share with you, prove to you, convince you, or remind you that Jaws is the greatest movie of all time. We have a special episode 15 of the Jaws Obsession here. I can guarantee you this, after this episode, you will not watch Jaws the same way. I've received emails from the listeners. Everyone is excited about the details that we go into on the show here and how when you have a better understanding of what is going on, everything is enhanced when you watch it through the enhanced details that we go through. And this episode 15, CSI Amity Island, we're, we're going to shock the world with evidence that we have uncovered here. And we have expert witnesses coming on. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to do this episode. So let's get into, uh, when, when I say CSI Amity Island, this is one of the earlier scenes of autopsy scenes that you can find that was uh, super popular. And all the masses watched this, watched this scene as uh, Richard Dreyfus plays Matt Hooper going over the remains of the first victim the girl on the beach, Chrissy Watkins. Of course, Matt Hooper asked to examine, quote, the remains of the first victim, the girl on the beach, to Chief Brody. Chief Brody takes him to the coroner's office to see the remains. Now, this is where problems in the scene actually start. Many uh, perfectionists and have said, uh, have had complaints, uh, there's only a small bin is brought out and it doesn't fit the dialogue that Matt Hooper is, uh, is saying. There's uh, this odd line, uh, quote, this is what happens, that's kind of uh, has a clumsy placement in the middle of the scene. There's always something that kind of just doesn't, it's, the scene has problems. However, 
we are here to prove to you that there is much more going on off camera and using our expanded JAWS universe lens, we are going to correct many of the wrongs in this scene. And in doing so, we are going to make this scene much more powerful than it already is. So in this episode 15 of the Jaws Obsession, we have our own expert guests that will provide analysis and proof that number one, there was much more to this scene than most of us who've watched Jaws on in the 80s on VHS or even to present day even know. And after you realize what is going on in this scene, once again, the performances by the actors and the impact of the scene pack a greater punch than before. I can't say this enough. I, I know I'm repeating myself here, but it, it, it can't be understated that there is a lot more going on in this movie. And when you realize, when you realize what, the, what these elements are playing, the movie becomes greater. Before we get to the first guest, everybody has to go to JawsOB.com. On the contacts page, you can find a link to Telegram. That's our Telegram page. Or you go to Telegram and just at JawsOB, the letter OB, and you will find the show notes. We are going to have a link to the scene that you can, everyone can go and watch right now. If you want to pause this show, you can go watch the scene and refresh and, re and familiarize yourself with uh, the autopsy scene. What we've already posted over there, by the time you hear this, we have already posted photos and frames of the movie that the guests and myself will be referencing in our analysis of this CSI Amity Island episode 15. Some of the details and topics discussed going forward might get a little gruesome. But it's all about the medical analysis of the wounds of a shark attack on the victim and our understanding of what is going on in this scene. So it's not for the faint of heart, but neither is the movie Jaws. So if you're here, I'm sure you won't have a problem. Okay, we have Dr. Iannolo on the line here with, in the Jaws Obsession, and uh, we'd like to thank her for being here. This is a very important occasion. Um, Dr. Iannolo, thank you very much for um, lending your time to get some expertise in this area that we're trying to look into. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the broadcast. This is great. And you are a working uh, orthopedic surgeon in the central New York area. Uh, yes, I am a practicing orthopedic surgeon in central New York, and I have a specialization in fracture management. Perfect. So we're going to um, go into the scene that everybody that I've already talked about in the intro to the show. You're familiar with, you've watched the scene, you're familiar with the movie Jaws, correct? Yes. Okay. In this scene, we have Matt Hooper, who is a marine biologist. He is not a trained uh, surgeon like you are. So he's kind of going through something in a way that he would go through dissecting maybe a, a fish or something. So there's going to be mistakes made and stuff, but he's using a lot of technical jargon. But we're going to try to get to a conclusion after all this. So let's play the scene and we'll go line by line and we'll see if we can actually see exactly what he's talking about. Uh, victim identified as Christine Watkins, female Caucasian. Yeah, uh -huh. here's the way we have it. Probable boating accident. Yeah. The height and weight of the victim can only be estimated from the partial remains. Okay, so he just pulls the cover back off of what he is looking at, and he says the height of the victim can only be estimated from the partial remains. When you're dealing with something, when you hear partial remains, it has to be more than something than just one thing. Um, the m misconception that we're trying to erase here is that it's more than just the arm of Chrissy Watkins that he's staring at. Uh, would you agree with that, that already he's talking about more than just an arm? Yes, the idea that he's making an attempt to estimate the height and the weight 
would make sense that he has more partial remains than just an arm. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's continue on with the scene here. The torso has been severed in mid-thorax. There are no major organs remaining. May I have a glass of water, please? Okay, he said the torso has been severed in mid-thorax. What would the mid-thorax be defined as in layman terms for someone like me? Correct. So the torso is the central part or the core of the body without the limbs or the head or the neck. Okay. And so he's examining the torso. So that suggests that he has the torso in front of him so that he can examine it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the torso has been severed in mid-thorax, so the torso is divided up into the thorax and the abdomen pelvis. So in examining the thorax, this is your chest, where your lungs and your heart are located. He says there are no major organs remaining. Yeah, and that's that was my clue right there. So when they say mid-thorax, we're talking like her, her upper chest, like the sternum area where it would be severed. Like that, that's how high the, 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 like, so there, it isn't like there's a, from the waistline up, this is like, would be only from her, uh, mid thorax, which would be like her sternum area up to her head. And when he says there's no major organs remaining, that would mean no lungs, no heart, that kind of major organs, right? Correct. He's able to examine a cavity. And so he's able to say that within this body cavity, there are no major organs remaining. And the thorax is including the the rib cage, pretty much from the rib cage and superior. Okay. Um, so he's able to look at the thoracic wall in this scene. And thoracic wall. Okay. Yeah. So he's he actually can see inside. So that's how hollowed out this I mean this is a gruesome scene obviously he's looking at great we're establishing now that there is something more than just an arm there correct yes and it's unclear whether or not it was severed in mid-thorax and any of the lower body structures are available for examination or if he it was severed in mid mid-thorax and he's only able to examine the the portions of the body superior to that. Okay, superior to that. Okay, great. So I think we're going to get into that in the next line. Let's play the next line here. Right arm has been severed above the elbow with massive tissue loss in the upper musculature. Okay, right arm has been severed above the elbow with massive tissue loss from the upper musculature. Would we be talking about the arm? Massive. Yeah, so the arm uh, in medical terms involves the portion of the limb from the shoulder to the elbow. Okay. And below that is the below the elbow is considered the forearm. Okay. Let's uh let's continue on. Partially denuded bone remaining. This was no boat accident. Did you notify the Coast Guard about this? No. It was only local jurisdiction. Okay, partially denuded bone remaining. Um that means he, you would would you think he would still be talking about the uh, right arm that was severed? Yes. So when, when he says right arm was severed, that means the right arm could be totally missing at this point. I think when he says that the right arm was severed, that that would indicate that he's able to evaluate the point at which it was severed. Okay. And so being as the arm is the area between the shoulder and the elbow, mm-hmm. then he was able to mm-hmm. determine that the severed point was through the humerus. Interesting. Okay, so... He's looking at something that we're we're really kind of onto it right now. He's definitely looking at an upper portion of the body at this point, not just one arm. Oh, yes. He was able to to examine the upper half of the body. Great. Um, Let's move on. 
The left arm, head, shoulders, sternum, and portions of the rib cage are intact. Do not smoke in here. Thank you very much. Left arm, head, shoulders, sternum, and portions of the rib cage are intact. So at this point, he says, do not smoke in here. And then it, it smash cuts to him pulling out the left arm of her out of a smaller bin. Okay. So when he says left arm, head, head shoulders, and sternum, and portions of the rib cage are intact... That means yes, your sternum is your sternum is your breastbone. Okay, that's the breastbone. So bone. that's in in the front of your thorax. Okay. Uh, and he says that was intact. Mm-hmm. And portions of the rib cage, most likely the upper portions of the rib cage that were intact. So when you're when when and when dealing with an autopsy situation, if you just had the left arm there, but the left arm is intact, could he be? Could that be saying that the left arm is intact, but it's not necessarily attached to the body? Yes. Okay. Great. That's a big thing here where people get kind of confused. See, he, remember, we're dealing with a marine biologist here, so he's not he's not partitioning off his statements as uh, concise and as could as could be. So he lifts the uh, left arm up out of the bin, but that could still mean that the left arm is intact because he has that. So when he says the right arm is severed, he could mean that people always think it's a goof because he talks about the right arm is severed, but he pulls the left arm up, and I was trying to show that he's not a doctor and he's a marine biologist he's not a uh he's not he's not a professional coroner but he's saying the left arm head shoulders sternum portions of the rib cage are intact so those are the pieces he has to work with and that's why he pulls yes, the left arm up he does not say if the right arm was severed and still available for examination or if the uh, right arm was missing as it was severed in the in the arm wow Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that that's why the way the scene is edited, we can we, we this this all still fits what he's saying and then reaching down to grab the left arm. That all still fits with what we're still going on here. Let's continue on here. So this is what happens. It indicates the non frenzy feeding of a large squalus, possibly Angemanus or Asurus glaucus. Now the enormous amount of tissue loss prevents any detailed analysis. However, the attacking squalus must be considerably larger than any normal squalus found in these waters. So right there, he says the enormous amount of tissue loss prevents any detailed analysis. And he starts naming off uh, the scientific terms for the types of sharks that could have caused the damage and, and stuff like that. And then what he's doing here, he grabs his tape measure and he steps around to measure what we was famously termed as the bite radius. When you measure a bite radius of like, let's say a shark, he would be measuring the bite radius on something, a bigger injury, not just an arm. You couldn't get a bite radius measured from just a, like the forearm. You'd have to have something of a of a of an arc, correct? That is not my area, but that makes sense that you, you if you're measuring a radius and the you'd have to look at the shark's cascade of the teeth. Yes, right. So you would need more than something of just the arm. And that's where, the, where what we're going to prove here with our next guest is that there is the upper torso of Chrissy Watkins on that in a second bin there. And he is measuring the bite radius that is up on her mid thorax. So the upper thorax, like it was, she was taken like a chunk from like mid thorax down. And that's what he's measuring when he steps around the table. 
and and we're well, going to. It could all be in one bin too, don't you? do you think? Well, the the thing is, is that the the bin that he pulls the the corner pulls out of the uh, the locker is a smaller bin, and he sets it on the table. It's not oh. it's not the size. It doesn't. It would never fit. It would be the size of like a forearm. It would never fit an entire upper torso. That's why what we what we're going to prove is that there was already a bin covered when they walk into the room. So the coroner already had that out on the table. And what Hooper is looking oh. at is both bins. When he uncovers the sheet off, he pulls the sheet off the second bin as well. So that's what that's what we're going to prove with our next guest. What's special here is that you were able to come in and you were able to medically translate that he is without a doubt from from going off the dialogue is that he is definitely looking at more than just an arm yes of course absolutely great i would like to thank you for your time in being here and you're, you're going to be the official surgeon of the jaws obsession and where you're going to need your expertise in a later episode so i look forward to having you back i'd like to thank you so much for your time and having you uh, lend your expertise for episode 15 here. Thank you very much. Thanks again, Ryan. I'm happy to be here. All right, perfect. And there we have it. So we have good momentum going on here after uh, Dr. Ianola just gave us what we needed to know. So let's go right into the next phase of this broadcast. And we're going to bring on uh, Mr. Jonathan Tedder of Quince Shark and Shack over at Etsy.com. John, how you doing today? Thanks for joining the show. I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? I'm doing really good. We are at the cutting edge of something groundbreaking, a groundbreaking revelation going on for this episode 15 of the Jaws Obsession. We just heard from an actual surgeon and we've just established something. So we're going to get right into that. So we're still going to be on the topic for the audience. We're still going to be on this autopsy scene that Matt Hooper is involved in. But right now, John, you are our orca expert for the Jaws Obsession. But you also come with an extensive background of uh, JAWS history and facts, and that's where we're going to be utilizing your input, but also a groundbreaking piece of evidence that you have uncovered. And it's going to this is the world premiere that we're going to talk about it uh, shortly here on the JAWS Obsession. So let's first, let's establish that for this scene, that there are viewers from 1975 that swear this scene was longer. That there was a body, and it was, uh, and this scene, when they've watched it later on in on video, it was not how they remembered it. Um, could you please go into detail a little bit about this aspect? Yeah, so autopsy scene, a, a lot of people always talk about when Hooper holds up the arm, how the line, so this is what happens, just seems real out of place. And as we know, the editing for Jaws, it was done by Vernonfield. Sometimes in the film, not necessarily the best, but that's what makes Jaws perfectly imperfect. Right. Makes it a great film because of that. When it comes to the autopsy scene, there's a lot of people, like you said, that swear up and down that it was longer than what it is that we know as it is today on Blu-ray or DVD or VHS. And I never really put too much stock into that whatsoever. I never really did up until a few years ago. Just for everybody to know that John is actually, his Orca rebuild project, he's actually in a rebuild of a, of a full-scale Orca. And in doing that, he's actually uncovered different details about Jaws. John, what kind of details did you, uh, by, because you've worked extensively with your grandfather, who was an expert shipbuilder, what kind of details did you find out uh, regarding this uh, autopsy scene with your grandfather? He had seen Jaws in 1974, 
or 75, excuse me, when it come out. Okay. And at this time, he and I were watching the film, more so the scenes with Orca, so we could start drafting plans to, to rebuild the Orca. Right. And he was a major part of that project up until he passed away. And he had, he had seen Jaws all the way through one time. That's when it, he was at a drive-in. One night, we decided just, you know what, we're just going to sit down and we're just going to watch it all the way through because he hadn't seen it in a long time. So we get to the autopsy scene. And as soon as the scene was over, he said, pause it. And I pause it, and he goes, that's not the full scene. I asked him, I said, what are you talking about? That, that is the full scene. He goes, no, it's not. He said, that scene was longer. And I told him, I said, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. That's the way it's always been. He said, and I told him, I said, that's the way it was on VHS. No, he said, I promise you that scene was longer. And he said, because he finished his line. And he told me, he said, the full line is, so this is what happens when a young girl goes swimming and a shark attacks. Wow. And he said, but it didn't stop there. He said that there was more to the scene. He admitted he did not exactly remember what all was left in the scene, mm-hmm. but I never put too much credit into it until then. So when we got done doing our blueprints and everything and drafting our plans, I went and looked it up. Spielberg admits to having added in the audio of, so this is what happens to Hooper holding up Chrissy Watkins arm. And that's why it sounds out of place. Mm-hmm. He, and, and Spielberg did that because he claims he was trying to improve the flow of the scene. He didn't want it to take too long. He did say that. Right. And so, so, okay, so this is what we've established here. And I've did my research and I've, <clears throat> I've poked around on the internet to the point where you can see there's a lot of people out there that swear they saw a full, a, a longer scene to the autopsy scene when they saw it in the movies. Um, we're not going to go into all that, but there is, so there is more than one. And so, but what we're establishing right now is that Spielberg has admitted that there, because of the line, the odd place of that line where he says, this is what happens. He has admitted that there was tinkering and re-editing of the scene, correct? Correct. Okay, great. So there's, that's, that's the first column. We have, we have four different columns. We're going to go down here. So we have number one. Now we've just established that Spielberg, there are other interviews out there where Spielberg has admitted that there was tinkering to this scene. There was a re-edit and that's why the sound, this is what happens is out of place. The number two column is what we've just done is we had a surgeon on and we verified that the dialogue is a definite affirmation that Hooper is staring down at more than just an arm. But the bin that Dr. pulls out of the locker is too small to contain the upper thorax of Chrissy. So there, there has to be another bin already there on the table below the camera frame when they all walk into the room. So now we're going to move on to where we have screenshots from the movie that use the height of the bottles with the black tops. And everybody can go to our show notes and you can look at collage number one on our Telegram channel or Discord server. And what you can see is that using the height of the bottles with black tops, the edges of the bins in the background, when Hooper throws water on his face, John, can we tell right there that there are two different bins of different heights using this compilation photo? Yeah, you can. I mean, even if you just look at the picture where it's completely covered right as Hooper starts to slash his face with water at the very back, you can see there's a different bin and it's taller. It's taller, right? 
And I think you even pointed out that you can see the outline of two different sheets, like a, a sheet covering for the smaller bin and a sheet covering for the bigger bin. Yeah, you can. Yeah. And, you know, the, the sheets don't lie. I mean, the hot, hot doesn't lie. Right. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. You can look at the frames we have, and he there is literally a taller bin right behind him when he looks over to say the, the line, it was a shark. So therefore, now we've established visual proof that there are two bins of two different heights on that table. Number four, now we're going to get into motion. There's an extra arm movement with sound. And let's play that sound right now from the scene. It's going to be very distinct, but everybody listen up. Everybody, please listen closely. The non-frenzy feeding of a large squalus, possibly Angemanus or Asurus glaucus. Now, did you hear it? It indicates the non-frenzy feeding right, of one a large squalus, possibly Listen to the or Asurus glaucus. Right here. Now. Glaucus. Now. Glaucus. Now. So what we have is we have a double motion where Hooper takes his left hand and throws one cover over from left to right, and then with his right hand grabs another cover and throws it up and over. And you actually hear, you see Hooper's, uh, the visual of him doing this, but you also hear the sound of two different covers being placed, one over uh, left to right, and then one from going up and over. So we are establishing that he's covering up a second bin that's just under the camera frame. Do you agree, Mr. Tedder? I do. Uh, you can hear the difference. Right here. We've now done all these different columns, but now we're going to get to the big reveal that everybody's waiting for. Okay. The big reveal is going to be photographic proof that there was an upper torso, an upper thorax remnants of Chrissy Watkins. But before we get to that big reveal, John, could you please tell the story of how the Jaws world is riddled with photos and never before seen visuals from the set? And sometimes these things are kept secrets for decades. Please uh, describe that kind of, uh, that, that aspect of uh, Jaws set photos. And then we're going to get into exactly what you've discovered. Okay, so when it comes to the uh, Jaws world and Jaws fandom, like any kind of fandom, whether it be use Star Wars for, for an example, there's a, you, you always have these groups of people, you have these cliques, nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes certain cliques, they will hang on to certain photos and it'll only circulate inside this one particular clique and this other clique never see it, but they have stuff the other one hadn't seen. It, it, it's just a, something that just happens within any kind of fandom, but it just seems like it happens more within Jaws. So there, there's a bunch of photos that that are still out there that a lot of people have never seen that I've never seen. And there's probably a lot of photos that we'll probably never see the light of day again. And some of these photos are stuff that were taken during production. Some were taken by people that were on the island at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's been shared. I mean, there, there's a number of different reasons why there's different photos. And sometimes home video of different things. Uh, like there's a, a home video of the uh, Alex Kittner attack of the shark coming up out of the water. Right. There's one of that, but that's pub that's public knowledge that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, alternate angles and alternate, alternate takes, alternate sequences that might not have been in the movie, but it's just people were there and they might've snapped a Polaroid or two. And now those things come up later on. So people go, Oh, that's right. That, that was, wow. Look at what they tried to do here, but it never made the final cut of the film. Right. So here we are. 
we we're we're trying to establish that Hooper is looking at more than just an arm. We've already done that. We've gone all the way down. So here we are. Now we just need a visual proof that the set of jaws there was an active there was an active acknowledgement that they've made or they tried to simulate the upper torso, the upper thorax area with the, the with missing the arms of Chrissy Watkins. Could you please describe the evidence that you are going to world premiere here on the Jaws Obsession right now? Yeah, so uh, let's just really quickly get into how I got this photo. People know who I am. My email is relatively easy to find, whether it's through Etsy or any social media or YouTube. It's it's relatively easy to get a hold of me. Uh, so I get an email, and it says, uh, collect jaw stuff. I told him, I said, yeah. And he goes, what all do you collect? Well, props, pictures. And he goes, okay, great. I got some pictures, you know, you may have never seen before. So he sends me this picture of these, uh, what I like to call a Bigfoot tier photo, kind of blurry and everything. And it's just all these different pictures. A lot of them I could tell that I had seen. And right. There was one that stuck out. And I asked him, I said, what's that? And he told me what it is. I told him, I said, yeah, I want that. <laughs> so he sends it to me. So he sent the guy uh, out of the blue. He reaches out to you because you are at Quince Shark and Shack, uh, Etsy.com. You have the Orca Rebuild on YouTube. You're you're out there. And he just contacts you because you must be a Jaws fan. And he says, I got these photos. And you see this one photo that just goes, I need that photo. And here you are. You're going to allow us, uh, the Jaws obsession, you're going to allow us to post it on our show notes. If you could please describe this photo. Yeah, so uh, it is a picture of a beach, but not just any beach. And it's a picture of a woman laying on the beach, not just any woman. It's Susan Blackleaney. And she's laying on the beach, and it's a very obvious photo of uh, some some sort of prosthetics that were used, and she's half buried in the sand, and mm-hmm. she is what Hooper describes in the autopsy scene. And it's dated at the bottom, May 2nd, 1974, and that was the first day of principal photography, and on the first day they shot Brody and Cassidy walking down the beach looking to see if Chrissy had washed up on shore or anywhere, and Hendrix finds her, and she's laying on the beach. It it is truly amazing. It is, uh, everyone, if you, Susan Backlinney played Chrissy Watkins. This is the girl that's eaten at the beginning of the movie, and this is a photo we have right here. It's on our show notes. You just go to a Telegram channel and type in at Jaws OB, and it's right there. You can see the upper thorax of Su- of Chrissy Watkins. Susan Backlini is buried in the sand, so it's her face, and then it's her upper torso is obviously a prosthetic, but it's everything that not only Hooper described, but it's everything that Dr. Ianola at the beginning of this episode, that she described when she was translating what Hooper was saying about uh, no uh, about the cavern that he's looking into, the missing organs, the uh, the severed uh, right arm above the elbow, it's all right here. This is photographic proof that we have that the set of jaws they actually had an upper thorax take for maybe for cutaways but this is Chrissy Watkins upper half of her body and we have this photo John was kind enough to share it with us and we're going to post it on our show notes so what this does is it proves this proves and without a doubt Mr. John Tedder we can now say with 100% certainty using 
the movie, the clues in the movie, that there is a second bin there, and Hooper is describing what he's seen, and this photo that you uncovered means that they actually intended for her upper torso, her upper thorax, her head, to be in this scene, that's what he's looking at. Do you concur? I do, and you can even, because you know, and he talks about partially denuded bone and the rib cage is intact in the picture. You can see the, as dark as it is, you can see the rib cage and you can see how on the skin, where the skin's been torn, where the rib bone continues mm-hmm. up under the skin and it matches up with that right there. And it's absolutely gruesome. Uh, and you can see why Spielberg would have cut this sequence and they just went with the arm with the crabs on it. Because I think Spielberg was toning this down. We saw that evidence with the estuary victim where there was an outtake where the shark is actually carrying uh, Ted Grossman with blood coming out of his mouth uh, through the water. And Spielberg cut that out because he said it was just too much. And I think he had a second heart after all the stuff they filmed for the autopsy scene and for the discovery of the body on the beach scene. Let's just go right back to this autopsy scene. This changes the way we can watch this scene now. If you watch and you know that there is a bigger bin with this upper uh, torso, upper thorax of Chrissy Watkins inside this bin that you see in the photo that John Tedder has revealed here if this is in front of matt hooper um it makes his shock and horror more realistic that he's not just staring at an arm and also the way hooper just looks at the arm but ignores the larger bin down to his right means he's afraid to look at her face i mean don't you think that just adds a whole nother layer of drama to this sequence yeah it does and you know hooper's marine biologist uh a severed arm isn't gonna phase him as much as what a woman's upper torso is. Right. And and if you, you think and if you look at this photo, just imagine that's what he's looking at when he sees all of it together. When he pulls the sheets off in one shot, he's revealed mm-hmm. the whole thing. One more thing. He reaches for his tape measure and he steps around to the other side of this larger bin that's underneath the camera frame. Um, to measure the bite radius on the chest cavity of Chrissy. And you can actually see in your photo the bite radius, this infamous bite radius. Isn't that true? That is true. And if you also think about it, later in the movie when him and Brody go to the boathouse to dissect the, dissect the target, tiger shark, you know, he tells Brody, he said, you know, you get, still got a shark out there, Martin, with a mouth this big, and he holds up his hands. Yes. You know, he would, he, he would have that from, number one, the bite radius on Chrissy, but also from the bite radius on the raft from Alex Kittner, which is also in the autopsy scene. So, I mean, he would know, you know, there's there's a large shark out there that's capable of biting a woman in half. Yes, yes, that's a great observation that you just made, that, that Chief Brody is holding the deflated raft of Alex Kittner in his hand when they walk into the autopsy scene. So he would have had a two, uh, two examples to measure that bite radius of not just her upper torso, um, the bite radius on the body matches the wounds on the victim, but he also has the chunk taken out of the Kittner raft. And that's what makes this scene more complete. Now that we know the details, now that we've actually done our investigation and we dove into the Jaws universe, the scene now is more complete. Whereas before maybe Matt Hooper was thought he was kind of goofing around that he had, uh, 
that, that, that he couldn't tell left for right or he was just that it just didn't match up, but now it actually matches up. John, how do people get a hold of you? Could you pass out your social media and for your Quince Shark and Shack? Yeah, so if you want to get a hold of me, like uh, the fastest way to do it is just to shoot me an email at orcarebuild at gmail.com. I check my email every Monday. If you send it to me on Tuesday or Thursday, I'll see it on Monday. Uh, the the next best way is uh, you can type in Orca Rebuild on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. I come right up. You can send me a message through any of those. And if you just go on uh, Google and type in Quint Shark and Shack and put in Etsy, it'll pull up my shop and you can always send me a message on there. Yes. And we have the links for his, uh, Quint Shark and Shack on the description of this very broadcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Just go down into the information and you'll see the link right there. You can go right over there and you can see how much detail John puts into his work. And we thank you so much for making the Jaws Obsession episode 15 epic with a groundbreaking revelation, the body of Chrissy Watkins. We found a photo and we know that it was in the autopsy scene and the people that swear they saw or it was longer or they saw more, they did not lose their mind. There was more to this scene of which we will never know, but we have put all the clues together to actually prove that there is a second bin there with her body in it. John, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And this is just yet another epic appearance by you on the Jaws Obsession. <laughs> Uh, I always enjoy coming, and you know, it also explains why Hendrix is upset about finding her as he is instead of just finding an arm. Oh, you know? I never even thought of that. Yeah, exactly. Let's you can you can re now rewatch the beach sequence, and you can see yes, exactly that that there is uh, there's a whole there's a whole another aspect being played out once you see this photo. So I I urge everybody to go to. Uh, Telegram channel at JawsOB, or you can go to our Discord server. You can find the links on our contact contact page at JawsOB.com. And look at this photo, and you can actually see that there is a lot more going on that's not just on camera in the world of Jaws. Thanks, John. Thanks for, thanks for the appearance. You're welcome, anytime. Absolutely. And it's worth noting that in this field of cinematic archaeology that John Tedder is involved in, when you uncover a ancient photo like this, you go through all the details of the photo. Some of the aspects, uh, the, what we're providing for you is a scan of the photo with the watermark of uh, Quint's Sharking Shack on top of the photo. But the actual black and white photo is what John possesses. And you can see in ballpoint pen at the, along the bottom, it's written Z Barlia, B-A-R-L-I-A, May 2nd, 1974, MV Cow Beach. So Martha's Vineyard and Cow Beach, which means that they were on Cow Bay, which is where um, Chrissy's filmed running into the water. And that's where the uh, shark attack is filmed on Cow Bay. But if you look at the photo, it has the ancient 70s grain to it. It's very, very cool. This photo is 48 years old. You can actually see 
her feet of Susan Backlini's feet sticking out of the sand on the lower left side. So you can see her body is buried in the sand, but they have the prosthetic of her to of the upper thorax up to her neck. Clearly, they took a lot of work staging this scene to smooth the sand out and everything. That's all the details in this photo. Is it's just it's just remarkable when you stumble across this. This photo has never been seen before. And it's remarkable when we st when we get an opportunity to actually see these little elements that were done off camera, but they were the intentions actually carry the weight into what we see on camera. And those these massive discoveries, like what John Tedder was uh, allowed us to do here, is to make that missing piece of the puzzle, put it together, and then you have a full complete picture. Now the scene becomes that much more powerful. And I hope when you've listened to this broadcast, my hope is that now you will go back and you will rewatch that scene. You can follow the link and go rewatch the scene. It's on YouTube. Or you can just put on Jaws and, and enjoy the movie. In doing so, now you're actually going to enjoy Jaws or that even that scene that much more. And that is what we are trying to do that is very special of what we are trying to do here on the Jaws Obsession. With your help, we are going to do this in a major way coming up shortly. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. That's right. Episode 15 in the books. We are less than five episodes away now to episode 20. Episode 20 is going to be a game changer, and we're very excited to get to that. I'd like to thank our two witnesses that came on, our two special guests, Dr. Iannolo and John Tedder, for making this one of the better episodes that we've ever done here on the Jaws Obsessions. Very exciting, very exciting. The movie Jaws is copyrighted property of Universal Studios. Any references and sampling from the movie Jaws in this episode is intended to fall within Section 107 of the Copyright Act. The copyrighted materials are fairly used for the purposes of criticism, comment, reporting, teaching, and research. The materials used here are protected by the fair use guidelines of Section 107 of the Copyright Act. All rights reserved to the copyright owners. Thank you very much for listening to Episode 15 of the Jaws Obsession. Please visit JawsOB.com. You can write emails in at JawsOB2025 at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about episode 15 or all the other prior episodes. It's always nice to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Until next week, farewell and adieu, and show me the way to go home. <laughs>